All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's it's always fun. These are fun. Uh, I like that we're all sitting around a table. I'm so used to sitting in front of a camera and talking to somebody who may or may not be wearing pants on the other side of the country. Wait. Uh, and then we're in this scenario, I'm the only one not wearing pants, and everyone else uh, showed up anyway. I'm wearing skirts. So. Yeah. Now, th th thank you for coming back. Uh, those who are tuning in, listening, watching, uh, you know, this is part of a whole series of podcasts. Uh, under the title Author Nation, which we discussed in that that big picture episode. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, uh, check that out. What we're going to talk about now is something kind of near and dear to uh, especially my heart, but everyone in the room really, which is how do we achieve our best life through writing, which is, I think, a wide net to cast out there, but I, I, this is going to be a fun one. So first of all, what do we mean when we talk about our best life through writing? Johnny, you're probably the one who should answer that. Wow, wait to put me on the spot. <laughs> Let's put some pressure on Johnny yeah. real quick. Well, I mean, I think that it, it I think it depends on the individual person. I, I, I like to make my own decisions and I like to make my own rules. And so my best life through writing has been parsed through all of that. And so what that means for me is that personally, I like to work mostly solo, occasionally getting together with groups like this for you know, either on the mic or off the mic, like the three of us met just recently at Mozart's to just chat. So I love that sort of thing, having the community. But my my whole thing is I just I want to get in there. I want to do my own thing. I don't want anyone to tell me yeah. what to do. And I, I'm very stubborn about this is the way that things are going to be. And if they don't work, then I just have to force things and, until they do. But um, I mean, I don't think there's any one right or wrong way. It just depends on knowing thyself and and just very, very briefly, I was in, I told the story in the last one. I mean, I was in a situation where I was working with other people, totally isolated by my own. Like I did that. I, I brought that whole thing on. And so number one, it wasn't working for me in the idea of like being part of a larger group just didn't kind of jibe with my fierce individuality, but also that isolation didn't jibe either. Yeah. And so having that acuity, because I think that a lot of writers don't understand that they're if there are non-ideal things about the way that they're writing right now, there may be, there's no one right way to do it. And you may be able to shift or adjust or find a collaboration partner or leave a collaboration. I think that's an important point, by the way, is um, what we re really need to realize is whatever it is that we picture as that writing life or our best life, uh, it can change. And in, we should be open to that change. We don't have to hold on to what we always said we wanted, you know, you you uh, I, you called out that you know at a point you were isolated writing full time, but yeah. you were you were isolated, which meant that you know you didn't have that avenue of you know blowing off steam or you know whatever it was we need when we're you know one of the things that's kind of I, I even hate to admit this because my best writing life involves avoiding office spaces and cubicles. They're probably often. Right. <laughs> and I've always felt that way. But one of the one of the perks of being in an environment like that is being surrounded by people and you're all working towards the same cause. Uh, whether or not you like each other is kind of up in the air sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of nice. I, I mean, I found myself recently sort of uh, someone, I watched a, a video of someone and they were, you know, talking to people in their office space and it was uh, there was a little bit of nostalgia there. I'm like, you know, I, I miss let's go out for a beer after work or, you know, what's what's happening yeah. to their kids. You know, I kind of miss that life. But uh, my best writing life is it really is more of a full time. I, I like being, 
you know, in that space by myself. I mean, that's the reason <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm even part of this this whole thing. So I, you know, yeah. Joe and I met just a few months ago. Shell and I met once, but years ago. Kevin, yeah, you, know, I mean, you have kept in touch with. But I was feeling. I told this story at dinner last night. I was I was like trying to express to my wife, like, well, I'm not satisfied with this, and I'm not satisfied with this. And she said, Oh, so you're you're lonely. Like I just had trouble finding that you, word. You needed she someone to actually give you the definition. Right yeah, down. she just distilled it right down. And so I said, Well, okay, you know, I had been on the fence about going to what turned out ended up being the last twenty books before Author Nation, and I wasn't going to go. It was expensive. It was right in a time when I really couldn't kind of justify the time, and I just turned around on a dime after having that conversation and said, Well, I I got to go, and but it was purely. Social is the wrong word, but certainly networking and, and yeah. Yeah, being around that, like that energy. There's always an energy that's in, in yeah. tangible. Even if you don't talk to anybody, you just feel it. And that's what I needed back. And so for me, that is a very important part of my writing life, as is stuff like this. Like right. I I like, I'm sorry, I like the spotlight just a little bit. And I, and I didn't have it. I, I too am a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, you know, it's interesting. I live in a sort of balance of regrets. Uh, when when it's oh I've been there. If I uh, have committed to doing something and going someplace, I regret that commitment. And then when I get there, uh, I regret having to leave. So that that's is, because it's a have to once right. you commit to it. And one yeah exactly is that mm -hmm. commitment? Maybe I have commitment issues. Uh, Shell, <laughs> you're one of the people I think uh, has probably the most exposure to the biggest variety of authors. Uh, what? Yeah, you know, what do you when you think about like a writer's best life? Yeah. I think you would be pretty informed on this. What what do you see? Well, I so I'll start with myself, right? So my writer's best life was I was working here in Austin, Texas for a biotech company and it was it was a practice coffin and I just was absolutely horrified that I had, you know, I'd le I'd left my owning my own company for a period of time just during a life transition. And I went to the Smarter Artists Conference and I saw what was possible. And I went back and I started making a list of what my values were and, and what did my best life look like. My best look like life looked like freedom, right? It right. didn't, I didn't have a monetary uh, uh, number attached to it. It was, I want the freedom to be able to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. You know, whether that was going to Scotland, whether that was going down to the beach for a weekend, whatever it looked like, I just wanted the freedom for it. And, and, uh, I was a recent empty nester. So my, you know, numbers had changed and they were quite reasonable. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to write a bunch and I'm going to go to Scotland and I'm going to do that. So I, coming back to that, the first thing was I had to define what that looked like for me, right? It looked different than when my little Gen X, you know, corporate ladder climbing self, was trying to be the youngest vice president in the history of the company that I worked for. It was completely <laughs> different. And I, you know, I was very driven by that. And now I'm driven by happiness and satisfaction and a, a completely different set of metrics. And it really doesn't have any kind of number attached to it. It really has attached to the values that I want to espouse, which is I want to be light in responsibilities. I want to be able to pick up and go where I want to go. I want to be able to help the people that I can help. I want to be able to donate to the causes that I believe in. So Coming back to what your best, best off author life looks like for me, it was defining what that meant first yeah. and then deciding how I was going to get there and what I was going to do. But the second part of that was I couldn't do it by myself, right? I couldn't do it alone. And I think one of the greatest opportunities that we have in 
with writing, which is primarily a solo adventure, right? You can't have people like plug into a matrix and see what you were thinking. And Not yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool, cool. Didn't know that was on the table. Uh, but Tune but in really for our next episode. Right? Still need storytellers for that though. They're the other side of the plug. Oh, Got to program a session for that now. Great. Um, but, but I think what is kind of cool is that you do have the opportunity to hang out with people. So, uh, for example, when I went to the self-publishing formula show in March of 2020, I got stuck in Ireland, in air quotes, stuck in Ireland for four months. And I Zoomed with 23 other writers and I got to have that connection, right? I was lonely and I just said, hey, who wants to chat? And we were able to form those connections. But from those connections, we also became accountability partners and sprint partners and sharing courses that were working and sharing spreadsheets and, you know, all of those kinds of collaborative things. And, and from that, that's how the magazine was born was because we wanted context around it. So, you know, I think best life for many authors and from what I hear in the industry is they need connections with other people. They want to find their tribe. That's kind of the, the buzzword that everybody uses. And, right. and there is just a huge opportunity to do that both online, but also in person. And there's nothing that replaces in-person conferences. Nothing. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. I do think community is playing a bigger role in in all of oh, that. Yeah. Uh, in terms of not just the author community, which is what I tend to think of first, but you know, you're, you're building, we talked about this earlier, you building uh, as a brand, you're building a community around that brand. Uh, that's becoming, you know, vital uh, to uh, whatever your definition of success as a writer turns out to be. And you mentioned the number, and I think it's important to say uh, there is going to be a number that makes whatever your version of success possible. Maybe. Yeah. No, maybe. Um, because for some people, it is the act of finishing the book that makes them successful. For some, it's the act of publishing that book that makes them successful. Right. In they're, which they're case, right, their number's like, very low. Like, be, it's not about the income, but it is about... It might not even be about right. a single sale except to your mama. Exactly. Say, right. say metric instead of number. Let's say yeah. metric. Yeah. yeah. I think I agree with that. Right. You know, for me, uh, the, it, it's all about the freedom to do this work uh, anytime I want, anywhere I want, any type I want. You know, I lived in a van for three years so that I could was it travel. Down by the river? It was <laughs> by, <laughs> at various by. times, it was down by the river. Uh, I did wear uh, a suit that was too tight for me and stand on the roof of my van and shake my <laughs> fist at people going by. Now I got to uh, that. <laughs> let's clear that, that our mental palates then, Joe. Um, so in terms of, like, you know, how we get to a point where if my best life is I want the you know freedom of mobility. I want to be you know where I want, when I want, what I want. You know, how, what do we need to be thinking of in those terms? Yeah. So, a um, couple things. You know, first off, in my work with authors that are the authors, a lot of people put at the top of the pyramid, right? That they're all oh, that I would like to be like that person because the number of books they sell and pe people that seem to be doing really well financially. Um, couple cautionary tales you know, first off be aware that some people that appear to be doing well aren't doing well they're trying to live their best life through being in the spotlight right in a way that's not really genuine why'd you look at me when you no, said i didn't that? <laughs> <laughs> um I'm not sure yeah. uh, but the, the but the more important part of this is there's 
in working with folks that are doing well, a lot of time where the, the magic really happens is when we get them to the point where they start to identify what that best life is because they had equated a financial number to, well, that was going to be it, right? It was like, if I make six figures and I make seven figures, right? And all those things are hollow. All those things are about competition, right? You're trying to figure out where you are in this whole hierarchy of, of ranking and, and money. And, and, and then it, it's not very fulfilling, right? So I think when you see somebody that maybe has a lot of money and they're still not getting it, then like, well, what is it is they're looking for? Well, taking the time to really respect what you want. And here's the weird thing. I'm going to tell a little story of my stuff. Something that happened to me that ties into this is opening up yourself to the idea of chance. And what I mean by that? Well, I distinctly remember a time when I was a CEO of a water treatment business and I was planning out my future to 2025, right? I was part of a coaching thing and we're doing all this work. And my vision of what success was and what I was going to do was a bigger version of what I was doing that day. It was just scaling that business up, right? I mean, it'd been great. I would have made a lot of money. Things have... Life happened. I'm sitting around with four of you talking about books in an industry back then that didn't really exist. Yeah. So opening yourself up to the idea of like, hey, part of this is I have to just be available to what chance is going to bring to me and that opportunity and see if that's what I should be pursuing for my joy. And to kind of circle back with that whole idea is I hope that we can be a place where we can explore that, right? Um, and, and respect that it's not the same for everybody because there are people where all they need to do is maybe just build a community of a small group around a really specific topic that's important to all of them to have that community and to take that where it needs to go. And it's not financial, it's about support and getting rid of loneliness and knowing that, you know, whether it's, you know, a concerning issue that, that hey, you have support, or if it's just a fun, stupid, nerdy thing that you wanna talk about all the time, that yes, there's people that are into that too. Those things are, in my view, what we want to help people figure out for themselves and then do it. Now, back to your point about what's the number. Well, I think once you understand that, then you can start to figure out the number because the, everything that we've been talking about, if you notice, and I was the same thing, is about typically lowering the number. Yeah. Right? Like when I, we had this, beautiful, massive house in, 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 in Chicago, right? And it was the forever home. And I had built up this thing in my head. My kids were going to live in. And then this financial advisor said, well, what do you want to do? And it's like, well, we want to travel more. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And so we put in this plan when my kid, and, and then it was like, oh, what are my kids going to think? You know what their big concern was when we talked about selling the house? Do I get my own room? Yeah. Like, and so once I did that, then it's like, wow, I don't have to work as hard. Mm -hmm. I don't have to pay Cook County $26,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like the, the model changes, but be, until I went through that and, and had somebody help me make that discovery, that was what success was. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm hearing from, from that is. Like the two of the cardinal rules there would be 
know what it is you're you're wanting and then question all your assumptions yes because you were assuming like i have to have this house and i have to have you know yeah. it has to be well, this way and know thyself i mean yeah. i think that yeah. that's really what this is is you need to be highly introspect i mean i would even go so far as to say like introspection as far as this particular question knowing yourself truly not comparing to other people not worrying about ego like well i know i only want this but that person's making more money so i better change what i'm doing run your race yeah i mean so so just for example um my one of my biggest i mean freedom is very very high on my list but so is optimization i used to think that i needed to be the best at things and then i realized no no no, it's very close to that i want to improve at things so i'm very well suited to this idea of direct sales and running crowdfunding and building email retention sequences because i love the idea of taking something that's working and tweaking it just a little bit, but everybody's rules are different. So when when you were you guys were talking about the number, I was thinking of, so this is a story I like to tell about my dad. My dad is the true like artist, right? He he paints paintings for a living. But he used to be in advertising, he used to wear a suit, he used to be eighties guy who drove the car with the T top that, you know, <laughs> very expensive stuff. And but all he wanted to do was to make enough money so that he could then go home and play his guitar all day. And then he kind of realized, oh, if all I want to do is play my guitar, then I have much, like I can live in a little apartment. I don't, I don't right, need exactly. to have yeah. the status symbols to rise to the occasion of this job, which will then afford me something, which will then, in theory, afford me the free time. I can just cancel out all the double factors and say, well, what if, what if I just stayed home? It's like that thing in Office Space where Diedrich Bader's character says, be like my cousin. He's broke. Don't do expletive deleted. You know, like you can do that. You can do nothing without needing to do a bunch of things to do nothing. Well, I right. think we've seen a seismic shift, right? Because your dad was probably an outlier back then. And now hashtag van life is like the right. goal yeah. for, for people. And this uh, generation, you know, millennials and Gen Z are now starting to push back on corporate life and push back on those things so that they are defining their lives more differently. They're baking bread for pity's sake. Like they're, they're coming back to roots of things and, and their life is their life and their job is their job. Right. And their job is what sustains and supports their life. Right. The cool thing about our industry is that you can have both. You can have a career that you love and an artistic endeavor that you love, and you don't have to be a starving artist and you can decide what's enough and create a life around that and marry those two together. You can marry the art and the commerce in such a way that you can design your own life. And right. that is, it's unique. It's unique to our industry in a lot of ways because we've got so many different opportunities. One of the things that we did when we were designing some of the curriculum for Author Nation is we have a health and wellness track. We have a mindset health and wellness track. And we're, we're specifically paying attention to how do you question the premise, as Becca Syme says? How do you... Uh, build a sustainable career and you avoid burnout? How do you, if you have chronic illnesses, uh, get enough exercise? How do you as an author get up from your desk and build in some ways that you can stay healthy and you can have an entire whole life? We're looking at it from a holistic perspective as opposed to a job perspective, right? right? We right. want you to have skills in craft and skills in marketing and skills in advertising. But how do you build that life? And that health, wellness, and mindset track is really going to be the, you know, the 360 degree. And that, yeah, that's a very circle. holistic approach, which is, you know, the real question is how do you build a time machine to go back 
you know, eight years and tell me all this at that point. No joke. So that there's I a track to that. Everything. There's a track, there's for, a track that. for that. Yeah. Author Nation presents everything that you need. It's presented uh, by Rick and Morty. <laughs> I was having a conversation recently with a mutual friend of ours, uh, Roland Denzel, and uh, and I believe everyone here may know him. But the you know we were talking about sort of the irony of uh, both of us experienced that shift of moving out of a uh, corporate job or moving out of a job into writing full time, and we both experienced a sort of drop off of productivity. Like it was suddenly we had all the time in the world to uh, to write. So what we thought was, you know, this is my ideal writing life turned out to not be so because I wasn't writing anymore for a while. And it took me a while to establish the discipline of uh, writing without, you know, having that time crunch. So I think that's another factor people need to consider because immediately when people start thinking about being a writer, they think uh, it's like being institutionalized. Right. The idea of you're you're free Woo. now. What do I do? Right. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people, it's it is best for them to only write a little bit and then have a traditional job, like even a forty hour a week job. Like that's perfectly legit for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Because it Absolutely. gives you the rails. Well, the, I mean, there's Parkinson's principle, right? The, uh, yeah. The task expands yes. to fit the time that you've allotted it, which right. is why sprints work so well, yeah. right? Because people are forced to be creative in that space. But really, you're training your muse mm -hmm. to show up when you sit down and do that thing, right? And that's how you build the discipline. I am the least disciplined person about that stuff, but I will show up if I'm on a sprint and there's other people that are expecting me to be there, and I will set that timer and I will write for 20 minutes right. to, to get that done. And now, over time, that's become a muscle that I can exercise. But you know, you, you have to design that. Well, and there is also that concept of, um, you know, if you are in a job and you have this side, you know, occupation, avocation or whatever uh, that actually can earn you some decent money, uh, there's that concept of, you know, some people say F you money. Right. I like to say bless you money. Uh, because I like the former. I'm, I'm good with either yeah. one. But the, <laughs> the, the idea is any job is a lot more pleasant when you know I can walk out that door at any time. So, you know, it isn't uh, – I think a lot of us, a lot of us, I say, lumping myself into this, you know, we think, oh, I got to get out of this crappy job so that I can write full time. But the, the reality is a lot of times those, those jobs can actually be a, a really uh, bright part of your life if you know that you're not – enslaved to it so it's that freedom principle again you don't have to uh, i'm saying this to make a point is that revenue uh you know income from your writing doesn't have to be so high that you could buy a small island or uh you know walk out of your job or whatever it doesn't have to be you can just enjoy the process and then enjoy the benefits of the process as part of an overall holistic best writing life right and it comes back to you deciding what that means what that looks like that's always got to be the case. For it's me, always got to be you decide. I want to buy a castle and I want to have a writing retreat where all my friends could come and hang out. Right. That's that's. And I want to it. live in a secret room of that castle. So with a Scooby Doo door, <laughs> I've always wanted to have like Scooby Doo. Like I want to pull a candlestick and have a bookcase turn. Yeah. Can I get in on that? I've seen like eight TikToks with that exact. Concept. I love it. Now, how does Author Nation fit into this puzzle of getting people to their best writing life? That becomes really core to what we're talking about with the programming committee is how, like, that's a definitive change. At, like the foundation is your best life through writing. And that means you have to show more people than just people that are financially successful and, and have it, uh, conversations around um, what are those things that um, are 
are your version of success and 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 celebrate that right is like because i've seen this i've i've had conversations with people at shows where they come to me and they're like yeah i'm i'm, I'm really kind of thinking i should quit my job and they tell me about what their day job is and they and they're doing well right they're writing books they're making money and they're they're getting sucked into the vacuum of that spirit at the show of like make money and do and it's like no i wouldn't quit that job it's an awesome job like yeah. it's, it sounds like you enjoy it yeah like why not stay there just keep doing what you're doing build your audience and then when you do retire you have this huge huge windfall that's coming with that and yeah. you're going to be having something fun to do and do it your way i'll give you another example um client of mine she's a very successful author and she was very successful while working a heavy full-time job and then she quit that job and her life started to fill with other stuff like she didn't write she was always a fast writer but there's like this weird thing where she needs to be writing under pressure mm -hmm. right yeah. like it, there always has to be a deadline so she'll she's still as successful. She's more successful, but like she's filled that time with other stuff. Right. That's cool. Like not getting hooked into the whole idea of like, Oh, now that I am free, I just, I'm going to write more books. All I'm going to do is write. Yeah. Back. It's like, no, what is it that you were thinking about doing? It's like, if you just like, you spend eight hours a day playing candy crush and write books and that's your best life. God bless America. Go do it. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's the part we want to help people, um explore right and i think that's the a key word is we're not saying you know pick these five it's like here's some people that are doing things do they inspire you do they make you think about things differently do they help you to feel that you can do it your way um because that's something i i consistently see is we're all getting wrapped around the axle of these myths about what success is and when you ask anybody, they're like, no, I don't really think that's success. Yeah. But we bought it. Yeah. I love this idea of, of representation. It just reminds me of the larger question of representation in general. I would see you talk about like a, you know, a, a top of the pyramid author panel. I'd love to see a struggling author panel, honestly. Like that might be really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying struggling. That's maybe a little hyperbolic, but certainly people who just, yeah, you know, I make a few hundred bucks here and there. Like that might actually inspire a lot of people. I don't yeah. know. I was watching something from uh, Brian Tracy um, uh, a couple of days ago, and he was talking about how, you know, it would actually be much more interesting. You go to these conferences and these panels, and there are always the success stories up there telling you how they did it. Uh, he thinks it would be much more instructive to, to talk to the people who failed. And you don't really see a conference full of people who did that. But uh, and it doesn't mean that, that, that you know, you, everyone up there has to be a failure right now. But it would be, I think, instructive and informative if we all got up and said, here's where I bombed and here's how. There's a tacit assumption that if you're not doing what this picture of success that we've presented, then you're failing. I love the idea of saying, well, no, there are other ways. I just, more representation, I think, is, is, is a really good idea. Well, and to, to add into that, I think helping people understand the idea from, like, if you've decided that part of this is a financial return, right? Like, if you're not, none of this matters. But if you're saying, I, I, I want to get some money on this, like, okay, this, 
there's, are you improving on your, your product quality? Great thing about this industry is, is that you can do that. Like you can start the business and do it, but understand now you've decided this is a business. It's a startup business with an unproven product in a very mature market. So that's not you failing. That's you. Those are just the conditions that you've decided to go play in. Right. right. So don't take it personal if it doesn't work out in your time frame or like that other guy, because the reality is that the success is a small number. The people that take five years to get to break even is the average number. Right. And that's the part that gets lost, not just in our industry. I think it's worse in our industry. But it's kind of that small myth, small business um, entrepreneurship thing. Like we celebrate the, you know, big companies that go unicorn, right? But, you know, there's 30 million businesses in the United States and 99.9% .9 of those biz small businesses support the owner. That's yeah. it. Well, and let's come back to... Not to call anybody out, but there there's two major groups in our industry. One has the word formula in it, and the other one had a methodol. People conf conflated it with a methodology. Twenty books, fifty k. So people were writing twenty books and like, where's my fifty k? Right? They it, it was it was it, and 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 that was th that was on them to understand that that wasn't what it was. It was a retirement plan written on the back of a napkin by one dude. Right? right? So right. unfortunately, people had that. It, Everybody was looking for a formula or a methodology to do that, when in reality now we have to think of it as it is a business, right? Whatever your definition of success is with your business, you have to treat it like a business. You have to think about what your goals are and what your values are and what you want out of it. And then, like Joe said, back it up so that you can start to, you know, systematize and, and get them uh, in line with what you're trying to get to. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap up. Uh, we are at time, but... Um, what a killjoy. I know. I'm always the, the harsh taskmaster in these things. But I think uh, one of the lessons we can take out of all of this is, you know, who determines what that best life looks like. That's going to be entirely up to you. And uh, we're not saying that you can't aim for that life of full-time writing on your small island somewhere. We are saying, though, that if that's what you want, you're the one who's responsible for the strategy that gets you there. So, amen. All right. Well, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up. If you are just tuning in, make sure you check out all the other episodes in this whole series uh, for the Author Nation podcast and make sure that you sign up to actually attend the Author Nation conference, which is happening when, Joe? That is uh, November 11th through the 15th, 2024. All right. I'm going to be there. Uh, so, uh, come say hi to me. And I think everyone here may be there. So, I'll think about it. Uh, my, my definition of the best writing life includes being at the Author Nation Conference. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a killjoy. Suck up. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you. T tune in to the rest of these. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>